What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So come to the site right now. I've got the Week 10 picks against the spread every game, looking at the final scores, predictions, all that, to see what we might get on both ends from the fantasy production standpoint with the way these matchups go, and we do that in-depth there on Matchup Wednesday, so catch up if you need to check out that show. And on Thursdays here, it's Lineup Thursday. It's our start-sit extension from the Decider column that I do on the SportingNews.com. That's going to be up as well if you want to look more into it. And I have a handy guide here going in to the Week 10 action. And this week, as we always do, we start with the quarterbacks of Remember that the Bills, Colts, Lions, and Raiders are off. So that's uh, some good pool of quarterbacks there. Tyrod Taylor, Andrew Luck, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr. So we got to look at uh, guys that normally wouldn't be in play this week that uh, we're going to play just for one week probably. I mean, with those four guys, uh, I would say about three of those are regular starters. Tyrod Taylor might be more of a platoon guy for you, so he might have a second option. But... Here's to help you with that, and Marcus Mariota stands out to me. He's at home against Green Bay, and Green Bay's pass defense really expected to be very deep here, but uh, the corners have really been hurt throughout the season. Sam Shields, Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall, and now Clay Matthews. I think that was the hidden part of why the Colts were so successful last week in Lambeau Field that Matthews had to miss the second game. He doesn't usually miss games, but he has a hamstring issue. Matthews is a guy that is key in containing someone like Mariota, mobile quarterback. We saw Andrew Luck. That helped him a little bit move around, extend plays. Mariota can definitely do that. He can definitely rush for yards. So you like him this week. You like the matchups. He's getting comfortable with more and more of his targets. Richard Matthews and uh, Delaney Walker have been consistent for him. And you've seen Kendall Wright have some flashes as well. So... There's more in that Titans passing game than we thought to take advantage of this type of matchup, and we know Mariota can always do something running. You'll live with it even if there's an ugly turnover, usually off a fumble or something. If that's there, he still can produce, as we saw last week in San Diego. We go to Jay Cutler, and he's everyone's favorite sleeper. I think my sleeper B, this would be Trevor Simeon in that matchup against New Orleans if you're looking for someone to play for Luck or Stafford, uh, these are your cheapest, easiest options to get in plug-and-play here. Cutler, I really like this week. I think this Buccaneers-Bears game is going to get a little insane here with the points. 
Jameis Winston, you know, is going to have a good day on the other side. So it's going to be Cutler and Jeffrey and trying to catch up with uh, Winston and Evans here. I think that's what you're going to see. Every one of Cutler's targets have a good matchup here against his Buccaneers secondary. So all that sets up nicely. The game flow, everything is kind of perfect for Cutler on the road here. And he did play very well against the Vikings, a tough defense there before the bye. So I expect him to play well in this one. And you look at him, his price is also very good on Fandle. If you're using him, I'm using him as 7000 So very good price there. You might want to stack him with Jeffrey because that duo got going when they were back together there against the Vikings. I think they can do some damage, a lot of damage, against the Buccaneers. Remember, this is where Jeffrey went off and had the big play for South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. So this is a very familiar field for him to have a big game, and I think that will happen. Ben Roethlisberger, there's been some question marks about whether you should play him. I like him definitely against Dallas to have a rebound here. He wasn't fully healthy last week. I think the Cowboys' defense is still suspect in a lot of areas, especially with no Morris Claiborne. We couldn't really get a good read because Cody Kessler didn't do anything last week against it. But with Roethlisberger, he's going to get revved up here. He's going to get the ball more to his wide receivers. Uh, Tight end has a good matchup as well. So this should be a bounce-back game for Roethlisberger. I think there's going to be some low ownership in DFS. There's going to be some real low inspiration about playing him after last week. But... Remember, he is at home. He's a different quarterback at home, and he will come through for you. Eli Manning, I got to love Monday night football against the Bengals. The Bengals are a mess of a defense. That's where the problem lies and why they're a sub-500 team. Manning's hot, so until we see him cool off, you got to ride that wave, and that's just his uh, streaky nature at work there. Carson Palmer, he needed that bye really badly. He'd been banged up. He had a hamstring injury. He'd been uh, hit in the head and lost a game there with a concussion, so... Anyone that's been battered as much as he has this season as an older quarterback, that late bye is going to help. So he's going to be recharged, play well against the 49ers. Really, every Cardinal will play well against the 49ers. And Dak Prescott, it looks like a tough matchup on paper with the Steelers and how they've been stingy against passers, but Prescott is playing out of his mind right now. He's just in a zone looking at everyone on, on the field, so... I think Des Bryant can get going in this one. I think he'll throw to him a little bit more often. They're, they're going to have to throw a little bit more to keep up with Pittsburgh on the road. So that's going to suit Prescott well. We saw how that worked a few weeks ago against Philadelphia. He can be very effective in those situations as well. Andy Dalton, I'm not too crazy about. On the flip side of that Giants matchup, we know that he's not very good in prime time. The Giants' defense is actually playing very well right now. They're kind of uh, getting all their new pieces at every level together. They're getting healthier everywhere. So tough, tough. You have Janoris Jenkins maybe slowing down A.J. Green a little bit. They can uh, have a little bit of trouble with Tyler Eifert. But other than that, I, I really like what the Giants can do at home against uh, Cincinnati. They're going to be jacked up, play a little bit better defense as well. Coming off a of bye, you're going to see uh, – the Dalton and the Bengals really struggle in this one, and that it's hard to trust him on the road in, in this type of situation, in a big game situation especially. Russell Wilson I'd still cool off on. He did have the three TD game combined there. He took two excellent catches by Jimmy Graham, plus a run there to really pad his stats. 
So I'm still not 100% sure. I think he's a boom or bust to me, and the bust is more likely. Boom is a little possible here with the volume, but I really think that uh, you have to stay away from him still because with the Patriots, they know he's not running, so they don't have to worry about that element with the spy. They'll probably take away Graham or Doug Baldwin or try to do both here, force him to go to other guys, and I think that's going to be tough on the road short week for Wilson to have a lot of production here against a pretty good Patriots defense on wide receivers. So I think you can go away from him even with the game last week. Blake Bortles, he's actually had two very good games in a row overall, but it's just not appealing. There's just that sense that if you put him out there, he could really struggle. The Texans' pass defense is very good. They'll be coming off a bye here, so they'll be fresh. You might not have Alan Hearns, a key target. He's got a concussion here. So I just don't like the matchup for Bortles receivers, and uh, that means I can't like the matchup for Bortles as well against that pass rush that should be revved up here with uh, J.D. Von Clowney and others. Kirk Cousins, I think the dinking and dunking can work against against Minnesota, but I just cannot completely trust him. The Vikings' defense is still darn good. Contrary to popular belief, it took – a big play by Matthew Stafford to win that game. And it was kind of a fluky game to me because uh, Golden Tate and that play and all that. So I, I think Cousins is going to have a so-so day and be okay, but I just don't have any excitement about playing him. If you have an alternative, you can easily go in that direction. Colin Kaepernick, more questions about him because he's been out there firing, came out against New Orleans, did a lot of good things. And this passing game looked a lot better, but they're playing Arizona this week. Arizona's coming off a bye. Their pass defense will be getting ready and to get after it as well on Kaepernick. So I can't see a repeat performance there of the passing or even the running here with the Arizona speed on defense. So stay away from Cap. Now we go to the actual running backs, and we have Jonathan Stewart. And Jonathan Stewart's a tricky one because – you either get one of those games where he has 80 yards and two touchdowns or you'll see like 20 carries for 60 yards or something like that. It's kind of very frustrating. You don't know exactly when to play him. This one may look like on paper to stay away, but I, I think it's actually set up nicely for him. And I look at him as a runner similar to the two guys who kind of mashed up the, the Chiefs' face last week with Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. Ivory had the 100-yard game. Yeldon had the touchdown. I think Stewart can hold on to the ball, unlike Ivory. So this is a good matchup for Stewart. The Panthers really need to keep pounding him because the uh, passing game is having a little funk here with their offensive line pass protection issues, not really having other receivers step up from Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin. So Stewart has to be Mr. Reliable. They need to be steady against the Chiefs to try to win this game. Darren Sproles. I love Darren Sproles for the price on FanDuel as a sleeper. I love him in uh, flex or even RB2 position this week. 5100 is the price on FanDuel. That is just kind of a, a super steal here because this is just a great matchup for him. Atlanta is going to have the lead against Philadelphia. That means Darren Sproles has to be in the game, getting a lot of checkdowns from Carson Wentz. And you know that they're trusting Sproles with the majority of the snaps anyway in the early downs and the power back situation. So Sproles is going to get a lot of touches, a lot of snaps. He's going to be out there to PPR, getting you that half point uh, with the catches here in this one and catch-up mode. The Falcons 
do struggle there with speedy type backs like that coming out of the backfield. So everything lines up well for Sproles here to have a solid game, even in defeat. Interesting situation with the Giants. We saw Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins split carries there. I would still lean more towards Jennings. I don't think they completely trust Perkins, but this Bengals run defense has been an absolute mess. They've been uh, tackling poorly. I think Jennings can break tackles. I I think I like Jennings a little bit more. If you're reaching, I would maybe throw the dice on Perkins as well. That's how bad Cincinnati's uh, run defense has been at times this season. So Jennings and Perkins, you look at it, it's kind of a week where we look at these committees that uh, there are opportunities to play multiple guys on different teams and still get some value, especially as a low-end RB2 or a flex. And the same goes for Tim Hightower and Mark Ingram that worked out very well for them in San Francisco that uh, Ingram was pseudo-benched there. He did still get fewer touches than Hightower, but Ingram, we know that Ingram wouldn't have had as good of a game without that one ridiculous long run where the entire 49ers defense fell down, but Denver just gave up 200 yard plus rushing to the Raiders. So that's the way the Saints have to try to move the ball on this one. Hightower and Ingram are always threats to score. So I, I think the Saints will score more than people think of this one, but it's going to be done mostly by the ground or the short to intermediate passing games. So that's why Hightower and Ingram are good plays. Devontae Booker, there's a lot of talk about him being benched here in terms of uh, not getting nearly the snaps that Capri Bibbs is, because Bibbs did look a lot more impressive, ran harder against Raiders. But I think, to me, Booker just had a rookie-type funk game. He just wasn't ready for the moment, didn't play very well. I think Booker and Bibbs will be maybe more of a committee this week, but we know, looking at what the 49ers did and this how the Saints run defenses, that those two are playable on the other side of Hightower and Ingram as well. So Booker and Bibbs... I think if you own both of them, I think I only start one, but there's a chance that different people in your league own them. So if you have Booker or Bibbs, you can throw them and expect something out of here. Just There's too much opportunity for that Broncos offense this week. Now, Kenneth Dixon is in a similar situation to Paul Perkins. They're like leading parallel lives here, it seems like, in Baltimore versus New York. And Terrence West, everyone likes this matchup on paper against Cleveland. It is his former team that drafted him. Kind of dumped him too early. He has a chance to prove something. But all that set aside, the Ravens really want to get a little better look at Dixon here. And it's a great matchup on Thursday night for either of these guys. I think with the committee and the split and Joe Flacco kind of in a funk, I think they want to run the ball and get out of here as much as possible, complement their defense. So I can see West and Dixon both being very viable, playable this week. LeGarrette Blunt, this is an interesting one. I haven't heard much about Blunt and sitting this week, but... I would really think about it because Cam Chancellor has had the growing injury. He's missed a few games, but he's going to come back for Seattle in this one, and that really changes the game in terms of their run defense. We saw them get gashed a little bit but by LaShawn McCoy and Mike Gillisley. We saw Chancellor, that void, not there, that extra linebacker coming up in support to clean up stuff. So Blunt is pretty much a between-the-tackles guy. Chancellor's a between-the-tackles type tackler. Chancellor is going to win that battle most of the time with uh, the guys in front of him as well with Bobby Wagner and such. So Blunt, I go away from here because I just don't think he's going to be what New England wants to do to move the ball anyway. I think it's going to be a lot of short passing, get the ball at Tom Brady's hands fast, spread the field a little bit to create a good matchup maybe against the third or fourth corner in the Legion of Boom. So all that's going to happen working in the middle of the field. So 
I could see it more of uh, James White being in the backfield a little bit more often than Blunt, and I think that makes total sense. You don't try to just pound into nothing against the Seahawks, and that's what Blunt would be doing. Christian Michael on the other side of that, he's just fading really hard. He did have a lot of success early in trying to keep this job, but this team cannot wait for Thomas Rawls to come back. He's still another week away, at least here with the fibula. C.J. Procise actually had more snaps against the Bills there on Monday night. So Michael is just unplayable at the moment. Dewan Harris, yeah, just like kind of Colin Kaepernick here that he went off. There's a good chance Carlos Hyde misses another game, but they're playing the Cardinals. I don't see any running room there for Harris in Arizona. Peyton Barber, people are looking at him, looking at, is this the next Bucks running back I can take advantage of with uh, Jaquiz Rogers missing another game? We're not sure about this. Doug Martin, he's very iffy to play. He could return for the hamstring. He may not. He may be limited if he's out there. We don't know what Barber's role is going to be. We don't know what Martin's role might be. So all in all, when you look at the Bears, they've been pretty good against the run, better than we expect. It's not worth trying to play either of these guys this week. Finally, we can't recommend the Browns. The Ravens are the stingiest teams in the league, one of the stingiest teams in the league, about shutting down running backs. So Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson Jr. just kind of fading pretty hard and not very inspiring in fantasy at the moment. We mentioned the Cardinals and get the Cardinals in your lineup. It's just exciting for anything on there. So John Brown is now the clear-cut number two here. Michael Floyd has been demoted beyond number three to number four with J.J. Nelson. So I like Nelson and Brown in this game. Basically, I like any Cardinals that you're going to have. Defense, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer, as we mentioned. You just have to roll them out. This is going to be the rule against the 49ers. Anything you can throw to the wall against San Francisco's defense, which won't be on a bye anymore, look ahead, see what you've got. See if you've got players playing them later. You're going to be ready to play them full speed ahead and Take whatever you can get. I know you can't score everyone, but you have to get in there to have that opportunity. Julian Edelman, I like him as a DFS deal this week. $6,000 on FanDuel. And with Edelman, people have been very disappointed. He did have a touchdown in his last game. That was his first of the year. He's had the foot issue. I think he hasn't been as healthy as that has been led on here in coming back. So I, I think this is a chance here. He's got an extra week of rest. There's a chance to unleash him. I go back to the Super Bowl. He was very effective in beating the Legion of Boom with his quickness. Hard to cover type guy. Not typical. He's not going to get outside on Richard Sherman or anything like that. So they're going to find ways to create mismatches with him, with whoever it is out there, Jeremy Lane. Maybe he's too quick for him and all that kind of stuff. So Edelman is going to have good matchups. He's going to be productive. He's going to have his best game of the year, I think. PPR and standard. I think he scores. And he can kind of match that Super Bowl production. Looking at a few other guys I like, I like Jordan Matthews. And the Falcons, you can see they give up the most yards to wide receivers. Matthews is the number one there. And Desmond Trufant may not play. So that is going to be a very good break for Matthews. I know Matthews mainly lines up in the slot and all that. And they've got a gaggle of other outside guys. But Matthews can be very effective wherever you put him as... The big target guy for Carson Wentz. Tyrell Williams, you got to like this Chargers big playmaker, especially with Travis Benjamin kind of fading. Dontrell Inman is a little sporadic. So Williams has been a consistent part there for Phillip Rivers, and I think uh, 
He comes through against the Dolphins in a good matchup. Richard Matthews, we mentioned how much we like Marcus Merida. Matthews is coming off a two-TD game. He's on fire here. Should stay as the go-to guy along with Walker, so I like him there. And Kenny Britt, again, salvaged himself with that late touchdown against the Panthers in that good matchup. It's another good matchup against the Jets this week, so stick with Britt there if you need him. On the sitting side, Brandon Cooks has been frustrating for a lot of fantasy owners. He's had a monster game. He started the season exploding on the Raiders, but he's really cooled off of late, as is Willie Sneed. That's because rookie Michael Thomas has really emerged as Drew Brees' go-to guy. I expected it to happen at some point because he's more like Marcus Colston, Brees' oldest go-to guy, but it's happened now. So Now you look this week, Cooks has got a very tough matchup against the Broncos. Michael Thomas, again, the best way, as we saw the Raiders, is to attack this team in the slot, especially with Aqib Tlaib having a lower back injury and out. Kayvon Webster also having an injury. There are going to be some opportunities there to exploit with that slot receiver. And uh, Michael Thomas is hard to cover because of his size in that position. And the, the Saints really like that. The problem is Cooks is probably going to see a lot of Chris Harris Jr. in this game. And uh, we know Chris Harris Jr. can erase a lot of wide receivers. He did that to Amari Cooper last week. So Cooks, you just cannot trust in this matchup. Our other guys we don't like is Allen Robinson. I know he had a nice game against the Chiefs there, but I think not having Allen Hearns in there actually is going to hurt him because I think the Texans, with their good secondary, can double-team him, take him out of the game make Marquise Lee potentially beat them. So the Robinson is going to get a lot of targets, but I don't know if you can trust him because of the double teams here now that are going to come. And it's it's also because he had a good game that uh, you think the Texans' defense coming off a bye will be looking to stop him. I don't really like Stephon Diggs. He could see a little bit of Josh Norman. I also don't like the fact that the Washington pass rush can limit Sam Bradford so hard to get the ball downfield to Diggs. The Bengals have actually been pretty good against the pass, much soaring against the run, so I can't recommend Sterling Shepard there as a great, great play. I mean, you're going to play him if he might be your wide receiver three, but Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, full speed ahead, but Shepard is a guy you could easily sit. And some people said sit Des Bryant. I don't think so. I think they're going to overcorrect and get the ball to him. The Cowboys are. So Cole Beasley is a guy that with Witten will get more into Jason Witten in a little bit. But with Bryant being overcorrected, Beasley might uh, be the guy that doesn't do much against Steelers, and the Steelers have actually been pretty good in covering slot guys this year. Witten, as I mentioned, uh, the perfect uh, segue to the tight ends. We weren't sure. We wanted to see the usage there against that Browns defense. Great matchup. Took full advantage of it. Exploded there if he played Witten. So we're happy to see that. We wanted to see that him be more consistently involved here for Dak Prescott. It did happen. He, underneath things have opened up because of Bryant here. And the Steelers are no scary team against tight ends. They've had some troubles against the better tight ends in the league, and, uh, namely Jordan Reed and Rob Gronkowski. Witten is that savvy type of route runner who can get open everywhere, including the red zone. So Witten, you're going to plug, keep rolling with this week. Zach Ertz, same thing. The Falcons just get torched by tight ends. He's only 4600 on Fando. Really surprising price after... Ertz was the leading receiver for Philadelphia against the Giants last week in a tough matchup. So Ertz, yeah, full speed ahead with him. The other Zach, spelled with an H, is Zach Miller that you like. Bears at Buccaneers here, and Miller has a good matchup. We saw the Buccaneers just got destroyed by all the short, intermediate-type receivers. 
from the Falcons, a pair of tight ends, Levine Talalo and Austin Hooper scored. You had Patrick DeMarco score as a fullback. So Miller put all those guys types together, and Miller fits the bill there, and he can score easily against Tampa Bay as part of the shootout for Jay Cutler. Lance Kendrick's coming on strong. He should have had done, done a little bit more in that game last week. He had the 90-plus receiving yards, but there was a touchdown that just went right in his hands. They're realizing that they got to get Kendricks more involved there with Britt because Tavon Austin's kind of been very flashy with not much to show for this year. So Kendricks is going to be a big part. The Jets do give up things to tight ends. Will Ty is my really sneaky play of the week. I like Ty a lot here because Victor Cruz is out. Saw a ton of snaps last week. The production wasn't there, but that's because it was too easy there for Eli Manning with his wide receivers. As we mentioned, Shepard could be slowed down a little bit outside. Maybe Beckham gets a little contained. There's no Cruz. They need Ty to be that really third option here. And the Bengals have been ripped apart by tight ends all year. It doesn't matter. Last game they played, it was both Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. I'm not saying Ty is like that with that type of talent, but we've seen Ty been productive in flashes when the Giants team is a receiver, and this is that time for this week. Dennis Pitta, Browns give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. You're going to hope that Pitta can take advantage of that. You hope that the Ravens will pay attention to that. Pitta has been really quiet, so it's a little tough to play him, but the matchup is too good to ignore. On the other side, Cameron Brait, I don't really like him to be one of these people to go off in the shootout against the Bears. The Bears are actually very good at covering the tight end. Jarrell Freeman playing better than a few inside linebackers in this league. Just a rangy coverage guy. This is why they brought him in. Gets all over the field. Really slows down tight ends. Really is active against the run. That's not good news for Brait. Julius Thomas, again, faded him hard against the Texans. Second straight week. Just He's a talent that really needs the good matchups and red zone opportunities to happen to be advantageous. That's not going to happen against Houston. Martellus Bennett, I think there'll be a lot of two tight end sets, but Bennett's might be, Bennett might be used as an extra blocker. His brother Michael is probably not going to play on the other side with the knees, so they'll shore up blocking with uh, Bennett trying to slow down. Krillith Averill there on the outside while Rob Gronkowski runs the routes and tries to take advantage of that, so no Marty B in this one. Gary Barnage, the Browns, face the Ravens. Ravens le- allow the least points to the tight ends. Barnage burned them last year. That isn't happening this year. Vance McDonald, no. He's you're, he's so big play dependent. He had the big play against Carolina earlier. He had the big play last week against New Orleans. He's not going to get that big play against the Cardinals on the road. Finally, we're wrapping up with defenses. And I really like the Chiefs this week. Justin Houston has a real chance to return. We know what he can do to their defense. I mean, he's an outstanding, dominant pass rusher that can trickle down and really make their secondary and everything else look much better. The secondary is already ball hawking, going after it. Cam Newton's not playing very well at the moment. The Panthers do give up a lot. They were burned with their offensive line against the Rams. It's going to be just as tough this week with the Chiefs front. So fire up the Chiefs this week. On the other side with the former team that was in Missouri, the Rams, they're at the Jets this week. The Jets give the most fantasy points. They're only 4,600 on FanDuel Los Angeles is. Jets have offensive line issues with no Ryan Clady lost for a season. Nick Mangold is still not healthy. That's going to bode well for Aaron Donald. It's awesome. Los Angeles front four to go off here. And uh, pressure Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick is also turning over the ball a lot of late. So 
Great, great pick there. I like the Jets on the other side as well. The Rams allow the second most fantasy points, and the Jets are at home in this one. Chargers keep the beat up against the Dolphins. I think it's a carbon copy of what we saw last week. I don't know if you're going to get the two touchdowns, but you'll have another big game from San Diego's ever-improving defense. Texans, you got to like. Coming off a bye at Jacksonville, they'll get after the pass or maybe some mistakes from Blake Bortles. And the Redskins, you know they're going to be good for a few sacks against the Vikings. Sam Bradford, that offensive line. Ryan Kerrigan is going to have some damage there. And maybe Josh Norman can finally stop talking and make a big play here off the bye. Eagles, nope, you're not playing them. They're playing the Falcons. You know the Falcons can light it up. It's just hard to do anything. You're just going to sit and watch the points just disappear. Eagles are good, but not in this matchup against a superior offense. And their special teams... Is a little different with no Josh Huff in there. We saw Huff had a big impact there and scored a couple weeks ago to pad their value. I don't know if Sproles, being the high volume that he's going to get in offense, he's going to have a punt return here either. So stay away from the Eagles. I don't like either side of the Seahawks or Patriots matchup. I think it could be a clean game, low scoring, one of those frustrating ones where there's middle of the road to like 20 points, but uh, not much effectiveness from either defense. So I would stay away from that. And... I don't really like the Panthers at home against the Chiefs. Chiefs always protect the ball pretty well. Alex Smith is going to be back in lineup. We know how efficient he can be. And I don't like the Packers. People have said maybe stream them. The Titans are a little sloppy and all that stuff. Fine. But the Packers defense is short on playmakers right now. And that's exactly why I cannot recommend Green Bay on the road in Nashville. So there you have it. There's another lineup Thursday for you. Week 10 edition. That kind of uh, takes a deeper dive on the tougher lineup calls. The the deciders, what we call it uh, on the site. The deciders, what you can call me sometimes on Thursday as well. But if you like what you listen to and this no-nonsense kind of uh, compact fantasy football fix for the week, make sure you subscribe on Audio Boom or iTunes to get it delivered to you week daily. Make sure that you're listening to all the good NBA content out there on the Locked On Network. We've got all our team podcasts rolling here. The season is uh, fully underway in the NBA. Check that out. We know the season is getting close to the stretch run for the NFL. All those shows are great as well. Check out the fancy basketball show we have. And then we also have our reality NFL show. That's a great job with Matt Williamson. So, there you have it. Until next time for Tune Up Friday, this has been Vinny Iyer for Lockdown Fantasy Football. Good luck with those lineups. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.